Welcome into the Thoughts Podcast. I'm Ian Sork, joined by James Tringali and Naz Spurio. Going to talk about the Super Bowl, obviously. Want to break down the matchup, give you our opinions on who's going to win the game, key matchups, talk a little about this game, the Patriots, what they've accomplished. But I want to start with Anthony Davis and the trade request um, that occurred, I guess, this past weekend now. Um, Davis is currently under contract with the Pelicans. It, uh, he's up for up at the, at the end of the 2020 season. So end of next season, um, there's obviously been some waves. There's, I mean, just the way it's been talked about is this isn't a surprise to anybody who follows the NBA, um, and what's going on. We haven't discussed it at all, James or Naz, prior to this uh, conversation. Initial thoughts on the request, James, and specifically this thing with the Lakers, I think, is what everyone's talking about right now. And what are your thoughts on what could transpire between those two teams? And if you think it will happen. Uh, it's definitely fun. I think it, it was hindsight's twenty twenty, but as soon as he hired Rich Paul, it was probably inevitable. Right? It was a matter, a more of a matter of when rather than if. And maybe even if he didn't hire the guy, because uh, I mean he's a top five player in the NBA, and it's right. pro- it's tough playing on a team if you don't feel like you can actually win a nat- national, if you can actually win an NBA title. So. I mean, he signed the deal. He he played for them for a while. I mean, he deserves to do whatever he wants. I, I respect that he's telling them a couple years in advance and that he's already committed to playing out there. You know, like he's giving them a chance to get something for him rather than sure not tell them at all and get to the end of the line and they don't get anything for him. Like other sports, you get compensation picks and stuff like that. You don't get that in the league or the, the NBA. So really – to me, it's, it was inevitable, and uh, it'll be interesting because the report I saw today was that the <laughs> that uh, Dell Demps, I believe is his name, the Pelicans yeah. GM, he is not picking up the phone. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff you've seen. He's not picking up the phone. Naz, what's your uh, what's your take on, on this situation? I'll let you kind of run with it however you'd like. Yeah, well, I, I do agree with James. Somewhat inevitable. I also love – the NBA fining him $50,000 uh, for, for coming out and saying he, he wants to be moved as if that's going to deter any superstar ever from coming out, right? Like, what is $50,000 to Anthony Davis? Dropping the bucket. Uh, but much. I actually think this is a really interesting from a trade perspective as far as if you're the Lakers, right? What would you offer? Because um, everyone's talking about where does he want to go? He wants to go to a winner. Um, so the Lakers obviously make sense with him and LeBron. A lot of people are saying the Celtics have a lot of good young assets they could give away, but they're somewhat hamstrung um, with Kyrie. I feel like if I'm the Lakers, I don't want to, nor do I think I have to give away the farm to get this guy. Because the other report that I saw is that he's trying to basically let everybody know that he's a rental if he doesn't go to L.A. because L.A. is where he wants to be. I don't think the Lakers need to give away the farm to get this guy. They're not going to win the championship with him this year, right? So why give away a whole lot of stuff when you're going to be able to get him 
either next year for less because the Pelicans presumably will have less leverage. If especially if he makes known he doesn't want to go to the Celtics, or just wait till you know his contract's up, and then just have him come on over and hang out with LeBron. I think the most fascinating thing would be if Toronto offered like the house for him, and they just went all in on saying Kawhi and Anthony Davis they get us to a championship, and maybe we convince them that Toronto is the greatest city of all time. Uh, I don't think <laughs> I don't think it'd be successful, but I think that would be the coolest move in the NBA if Toronto traded for him. Him and Kawhi up there, they win the E. Who would they? I there's did a couple, see couple, that. There's Who a, would they offer? There's a couple things they can do. They can just say sell out. They can sell out here because, I mean, odds from everything that I mean, I've listened to with all the podcasts and stuff. Kawhi is probably going to go to LA. Like that's still the what's Lakers probably going to happen. Probably the Clippers. Which so like, that's oh, wow. there. If they were to trade, I think that depending on, I mean, the thing is, is you're not if. If you're the Pelicans, you're probably not going to get another A-list guy. Like, it's just going to be tough to do because there's a year and a half left. It's just you're probably not going to get it. They'd probably give up OG and Anobi and Pascal Siakam and then picks, right? That's probably what you do if you wanted to sell out and try and go for a championship next year because you're probably going to lose both guys. Or maybe, hey, who knows, maybe they both win or they win the title or they go to the title and they dominate the East and then they're able to, you know, join forces and they love it. If you're the Lakers, right, um, I think you – I disagree with you, Naz. I think that they give anything and everything that – I think everybody's up for sale, anybody. Lonzo, Kuzma, Ingram, um, the package that the Boston Celtics could put together if if the Pelicans wanted to wait until July 1 is going to be better. They have the Memphis protected. Um, they have the Sacramento pick this year, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart. I think they have more assets to play with. Um, so I think if you're the Lakers, you give everything and anything. Because, I mean, if you're trading away the Lakers picks, you're probably going to have LeBron and then presumably Davis. How good is that pick going to be? But seriously, um, So I, I think the assets favor and, – and to get back, I'm going to get back to your point. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's going to come full circle. Um, so I think that the, the Celtics actually have the better package deal, and that's what's being talked about in the league from everything that I've listened to. It's not like I've connected, but just – the people know what they're talking about, right? Right. Now, the only way that this gets squashed, right, is if Anthony Davis comes out and says, I am going to sign with the Lakers and only the Lakers. If that memo gets sent out to all 30 teams in the NBA, then only then, I think, would you have a situation where the Lakers would have more leverage. And then from that point on, maybe they don't have to give up the farm. But until Anthony Davis, unless Anthony Davis, to me, comes out, over the next week before February 7th and says, I do, I, I want to be traded to LA. If that doesn't happen over the next week, then I don't even think he's going to be traded. Right. And even if he does, they still may not trade him. They still may not fall into the demands of Anthony Davis. They don't have to. No. So it's, it's going to be interesting. And I also want to get you guys opinion on this. Brian Windhorse on Zach Lowe's podcast this past week started the pod, pod, podcast off by dropping this LeBron AD. Kyrie Irving and LA next year. Rick Bucher also came out of Bleacher Report and said that there's a possibility that uh, Kyrie would want to join LeBron and LA. I think that'd be, I mean, I know you're not the biggest Kyrie guy. He definitely irks me at times. What would that even be like? Can we imagine that? Just the storyline of Kyrie leaving LeBron. Oh, dude, Cleveland, he would, he would and then going back to LA forever be a beta. Like you can't come back from that. 
you can't leave a guy to be an alpha, then have that guy leave the East, basically the best player in the world, leave the Eastern Conference. You can't get it done. And then you go back to play with him? I mean, go on, Kyrie. No, Kyrie, I think he might do it, but I think that's kind of a, okay, so, so you're a beta, officially, similar to, to Kevin Durant. But I'll if I can go back really quick, I completely agree with you, Ian, that the Celtics have a much better trade package, right? They definitely have much better assets to give the Pelicans. But I don't think the Celtics are going to be willing to part with those because, and, you know, again, there's been no official statement on this, but because the tea leaves all seem to be going to the fact that he wants to be in L.A., right? He wouldn't assign Rich Paul as his agent if he didn't want to play with LeBron in L.A. because he could assign anybody else. No, I agree. And even people around the league are saying that that's probably what's going to happen. But to me, until Rich Paul or Anthony Davis send out a memo and say, Anthony Davis is either only going to sign with the Lakers, his extension, or the his next contract extension, um, or or he's going to go there, like that's his favorite destination, then, then that's the only way this happens. Yep. So, And for those who don't know, the only reason why um, the Celtics have to wait until July 1st right. is because Anthony Davis and both Kyrie Irving are on a designated player extension contract. And by the rules of the CBA, you can't have two of those on your books at the same time unless they swap each other. So unless Kyrie and Anthony Davis were traded for each other, essentially. That's my interpretation of it. Um, Well, what if if Kyrie left? Like, what if they don't re-sign him? No, just this this season. Just until, well, I mean, just until, like, so, like, if they sign yeah, it, so this, I mean, it's basically until July lock 1. July is not going to trade right. for July 1 is correct. July 1 is when free agency starts. But once right. you hit there, they can do whatever they want. Yes. And if, you're the, and if you're the Pelicans, maybe you wait and you see who gets the top pick or who are the top – because, I mean, who has a top – potentially top three pick, right? You look at one of the three worst teams that finish in the league, and then you can maybe look at trading for number one pick. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so, – I don't think – in my opinion, I don't think New Orleans has any reason to rush. No. I think you can get – with what Ian's saying, you can get – from their point of view. The Lakers trade – the, the trade offer for the Lakers is going to be there, right? And they're going to have – unless there's some working parts and they're trying to work a third team and see if they can acquire another asset or get off one of these players and try and switch, switch some things up, maybe there's a trade out there or – they're trying to acquire something that no one's even thinking about or talking about. That's the only way I could see this maybe working. But otherwise, like James was going to say, they're going to have the same option in July as they are now for the Pelicans. Yeah. And they're going to have the same Worst case scenario for the Pels is that Anthony Davis or Rich Paul, whether it's public or not, yeah. right? It doesn't matter if it's public. No. It's yeah. more of if, if Danny Ainge is like, I'm, I need to talk to this cat, and if he's going to L.A., I'm not trading for him. Right. Then, why I say Nat, I mean Naz, why I say I agree with Ian a little bit on for, for the Lakers, the window is closing. The window is not like getting bigger, right? LeBron is getting older. So for them, there is something to be, I mean, I don't know if they get in that they win this year. No shot. Um, no. Some but if you go for him in the offseason when they also have space for another guy, I mean, that's just, if I had to predict, the trade is going to happen in the offseason. Yeah. The longer that LA waits into the year for without trading for him, that's, you know, for me, it's the clock is ticking on the LA Lakers. 
yeah. timeline. And if they get him, then it, it resets because obviously you have him. Dude, but I don't have- with LeBron, with LeBron, the clock is ticking. Like, you know, I, I get, you know, obviously he's getting older, but and I don't know if we want to belabor this point too, too much, but you add Anthony Davis, that Lakers team is not beating the Warriors this year. So trading for him or rushing to make a massive deal to trade for him this year right. is just not worth it. And no. I but wh- let me ask you this. When is it worth it? Because they've already missed out on Paul George, who they should have. They That's should have. George is a he was a sure, like he was a a sure th- a sure is a thing that you can be to oh. go to a team. They missed out on him. Because Paul George, they maybe had a shot at Kawhi over the summer, right? I mean, I don't know how real that would have been because probably no guarantee he might sign. The Clippers thing is there. If you're Magic Johnson, right? Like you have to get this done. LeBron's 34. If you trade for him now, you have two of the, maybe the three best players in the world on one team at the same time. The, right? That's that's going to be. They may not beat the Warriors. No one's beating the Warriors this year. But next year, we don't know where Katie's going to go. We don't know where Clay's going to go. There's rumors that I mean, I guess Clay may be interested in the Lakers if they get AD yeah. long shot. Yeah. They'll have 30 million in cap space, right? If they actually bring AD on. Because all the all the guys they're going to have will yeah. be one year contracts. Mm-hmm. That way they go and try and sign like a Kyrie Irving, right, for a little bit less than the max. So if you're the Lakers, LeBron's going to be 35 next year. At some point, I feel like you got to make a move. The Lakers will win, and you can quote me on this, at least two, if not three, rings while LeBron is there. And what? And my I have no doubt that it's worth it to trade. My only point was you don't really have to give away the farm. Because I have a good feeling that Anthony Davis and Rich Paul are going to be made known. He wants to go play in L.A. That's it. And if that's the case, then then all this changes. And my my, my argument's pretty much toast. And I completely agree with you. Yep. And window, what I foresee happening, like this is my, I, I'm a, a known. Maybe are you holding Naz to, did you just say three or four rings? At least. Yeah, I'm, uh, I got to remember that. That's because, I mean. LeBron's had 15 years three. and he's only won three, bro. At you, least. I mean, he. If not three, and here's why: they're gonna get Anthony Davis, and then they're gonna get another max guy. And whether it be Kyrie or whether it be Clay, because the Warriors don't offer him the big money because of all max, because they're gonna have to offer the KD the max, and yeah. they're gonna it's gonna be tough. It oh, is gonna be tough. That team is stacked, and Clay is the best spot up shooter, just spot up shooter in the game. Nobody gets people better open looks at three pointers than LeBron. Add Anthony Davis in there. Not only is it a great window for when LeBron is still an elite MVP caliber talent, but as he does inevitably start to fade, they still are going to be great because Anthony Davis is in his prime, Clay is in his prime. It'll be, it'll be good. But three rings is two for asking two. a lot. That's a lot. I mean, I think I think one okay. ring in a, okay. in a golden uniform for LeBron would be two successful. You have to, here's what I think. I mean, I would be. It would be a disaster if they don't win at least one with that. I agree. But, like, why I say pump the brakes is if, if Golden State loses Clay, that means they're getting somebody else to replace him, right? So, I mean, like, we can't just act like Warriors are going to go away. The Celtics will have everything that we talked about in the East and in much easier road. You know, I just like yeah. so the really threes at the end of the day. This conversation completely changed. I think the only thing left for Rich Paul and Anthony Davis to do is to play the ace and say that mm-hmm. I'm only going to play for the Lakers. I agree. If he does that. I agree. Then that's it. And to your point, as I mean, you sign with Rich Paul, 
He's good friends. I mean, he's friends with LeBron. Like, you got to think it's probably going to happen, right? But if it doesn't, then all bets are off, right? And then we'll see what happens this summer because I don't think they'll trade him unless he does come out and publicly say that I want to be, I want to go to the Lakers. Um, let's go, let's move into uh, the Super Bowl talk. Let's talk about that. Um, big game is on Sunday. Pat's going to their ninth Super Bowl since 2001. Um, the Rams going to their first since 99. Correct me oh, if I'm wrong. No, sorry, Pats, 01. 01. Um, yeah. Right? We have what would be the oldest coach to win the Super Bowl versus the youngest coach to possibly win a Super Bowl. Brady, Goff, the age difference there. Some people might even say that there's some similarities amongst the two if you're talking about where they were at one point and what's going on um, with their situations. The Pats are favored by two and a half going into this game. I think they were both. Um, you guys correct me if I'm wrong. Um, pretty sure they were dogs going into their last two playoff games. They were. It seems like Vegas is not just just not doing it again. They're not falling for it. Were you guys shocked? I don't know. Did the line open with the Rams' favor? Yeah. I know where it is. Now. I think I think they did open. Yeah. I did. I think it might have so been. That's, open. I mean, Vegas set that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The people have yeah. definitely the jumped people, on. Sure. I found. I still found it interesting. Yeah, a lot of money. Going, I'm sure. Yeah, I just think it's still. Yeah, the Pats are two and a half. I believe now. Yeah, two and a half. So. Naz, what you said. Naz, what, what do you? What, are you? Are you surprised about just the fact that? The Pats are going into this favorite no, being the fact that they're. No, I'm not surprised. Um, you know, when you have a quarterback that's won five Super Bowls and the same coach and the same system, and they've just been mowing through, or not, they're not necessarily mowing through, but they've constantly been proving the the haters or the the doubters wrong. I think it makes sense why a lot of people have just kind of given in and they're like, you know what, <laughs> I can't keep betting against these guys and losing. Um, I will say that the Rams are. You know the more talented team. Uh, I think they're a little bit. They're probably a better team, but you know Belichick has always managed to come up and, and create some incredible schemes and just really outcoach whoever he's going against. Uh, so I, I wasn't really stunned. I wasn't shocked if it had gotten past the three point, like if it had been over three, like a three or a three and a half point favorite. That would have probably surprised me. But I kind of followed the line. It started at Rams minus one, and it swung anywhere from. Rams minus two to Patriots minus two and a half. So it's really staying pretty much in the range of it's going to be a pretty even football game. It's very interesting, James. Um, do you ever want to comment on that at all or not? I think what I found interesting of it all is if you look at the entire body of work, right? Like yeah. people would definitely say Rams this season. I don't think there's any any question about that. And there are points people wrote off the Patriots a bunch of times this year. Yeah, hundred percent. What I think is what the money is flowing to recent relevant and what's going on the last couple of weeks, which is the Pats playing their probably I mean two of their best games of the year. Definitely the the Chargers won and then to go on the road and what they did against Kansas City was a tight game, but still strength is like 
very, very impressive, whereas the Rams won, but two probably closer than what you would want at home against Dallas and then beating New Orleans very impressive as well. But, you know, some things went their way. They earned it. But just, you know, like what I'm saying is the money's flowing to what has happened here recently. Of course. Um, on top of what Naz said with the pedigree and all that, um, which is why, I mean, that that it's like how much – when you're trying to predict the game, how much do you put into the last couple of weeks versus the, you know, the entire body? Cause you know, the regular season was a long, long time ago now. Yeah, no. And there was an extra yeah. week to prepare for this game. So it's, it's kind of difficult and it's, you know, essentially a repeat of last year, a team that hasn't been there at all. Some veteran pieces, Rookie. relatively new coach. Versus Belichick and Brady again, so a lot, a lot of similarities to last year. I don't remember the line at all. I'm assuming the Eagles were underdogs. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, let's get into let's get into the game. Exactly. No, and I want to start off with the two quarterbacks. Um, particularly Naz, I want to go to you first. Goff, who got crushed his rookie year, and I was I was kind of on the train myself, and Rob admitted I was. Wrong about him. And he told you to be wrong. James, Give me some James, James was right. He told me to relax and, and that this kid was going to be good. And there's some moments where you, you can still see he, he doesn't he hasn't he doesn't have it all figured out. But there's flashes of just there's flash flashes of greatness. I just think he can be really good. He makes some throws, especially in that Saints game, that were just unreal. Um, and I feel like he's going to have to do that again just because I'm not sure about the running game, uh, what type of game – I mean, it's easy to say that Goff needs to be great, but what type of game are, are you expecting from him and what do you think that they, what do you think that they need from him in order to, to win? Yeah, well, I think we would be remiss if we didn't give a, a big-time shout-out to Jeff Fisher here. Uh, just just a, a quarterback whisperer, if you would. Quarterback whisperer. Probably has ruined many, many QB careers that, that we can't even <laughs> think of at the moment. Um, because as a Rams fan, I, I tried to watch as many games as possible uh, when they play. And what was so interesting to me was after watching his rookie deal, or rookie year, excuse me, um, I was obviously upset just as a fan. But watching him, they didn't throw the ball down the field whatsoever. And obviously, Les needed a good job in bringing in more weapons. But also, McVay didn't mind calling plays where Goff can actually throw the ball and highlight some of his arm strength and his accuracy. Um, so very happy that Jeff Fisher's gone. Little side note there. As far as what I expect for him, you know, I actually think he's going to play really well, and that's rare to say going up against a Patriots defense. Um, that obviously, when you have an extra week to prepare, it's going to be great. But people forget, and obviously, last week was highlighted from the fact that that huge call at the end of the game. But Jared Goff in the Superdome with his helmet not working, it's louder as ever. For some reason, they're able to blow whistles inside the arena, and all of this adversity really outplayed Drew Brees in the NFC Championship game. I think he's come a long way with his poise, with his talent. Really the only game this year that it seemed like he was flustered was that Chicago Bears game in Chicago. Uh, thankfully, uh, Patriots don't quite have that level of a defense. But I think he's going to play really well. I think McVay is going to run a lot of play action. You still have to respect the run, even with uh, C.J. Anderson or Todd Gurley, whoever's back there. And I think he's going to have a really solid showing. I'm I'm more interested in the matchups with Rams defense versus the Patriots offense than I am worried about golf. I think he's going to do really well. 
James, do you think Brady? Because to me, Brady, I'm sure he'll be fine. It's just it's so interesting because he really wasn't that great this year throughout the entire season, and all of a sudden, Chargers game comes around and he's stepping in some throws, and he's he made some throws obviously against Kansas City, mm-hmm. and you have to think their offense is definitely an offense where they need to run the ball, they need to establish it. I know that's kind of just a saying at this point. But they don't have the weapons. At some point, I mean, I don't know if it's going to necessarily come down to Brady, but we're going to have to see a, a spectacular for- performance from him as well. I think you definitely – he – I think what we've seen with the Rams' defense these last couple in the playoffs specifically is what we thought they could be all year, specifically the defensive line. <clears throat> which is absolutely terrifying. I don't think there's any question about that. Now, we what can neutralize that, I think what you saw with San Diego, right, is New England took that away with the rush, yeah. with, with running the ball. And they did it not necessarily to a scary cheese defense at all, but they controlled it. the game again, took the ball out of Mahomes' hands through running the ball. So what I'm – long, windy road, what I'm getting at is – I watched, and I think about him more, Brady. He was huge in moments, but I would not say he had an all-time game by any measure against the Chiefs, which was not a great D. On the road, very cold in Kansas City. So, you know, props, kudos for all that. I think they have a solid pass but, rush. And this is in the Dome. This is uh, – they do have a solid pass rush. But, again, when you – like, sure. they take that away, Right. But they took that away with quick passing and running the ball. I, I'm scared for him because he threw two picks. Should have been three. In my eyes, what we talked about last time, if the guys turn around, could have been six. Yeah. Right? But, like, realistically, he could have thrown three or four picks. And if that happens, they don't be the Chiefs. And I, I see a better defensive line than Kansas City. Just a little bit. Aqib Tlaib, it, he loves man-to-man. Peters is probably be, would be the one they're going to attack. He doesn't like that. He's more of a zone zone corner. Um, so I think Brady needs to have one of his best games for them to have a shot. I, I And I'm not afraid of golf. I'm not afraid of golf putting up numbers. If I it's very, throw one yeah. quick thing in, because I think – you know, James, and you, you, both of you guys brought up the point of, you know, needing to run the ball to succeed, which, like you said, Ian, it's kind of like an age-old age old adage at this point. But the Patriots, the two stats I saw on them is, A, obviously they're running the ball tremendously well, but Brady's only been, like, touched, I think, on two of his, like, 90 dropbacks in the last two games in the playoffs because they've done a great job running the ball, so defensive lines are thinking about that, and they get the ball out really quickly. The Rams, who in the regular season were actually relatively weak against the run, and they allowed five yards a carry against teams, in the playoffs have only allowed 2.3. And that's not against bad offenses, especially running the football. That was against the Dallas Cowboys. Who basically makes two of the best. Right, off running the football. Two of the best. The Saints, who have Kamara and Ingram, who are you know, arguably the best running back combo. And arguably the best offensive line in football. Yes. So – if the Rams' defensive line is able to do, muster whatever they've been doing and shut down the run, that's—I mean—that's my matchup to watch. That's probably most people's. 
But if they are able to do that and the Patriots can't get three, four, five yards of carry on average, I'm extremely confident that the Rams can win simply because then you're going to force the Patriots to spread you out and beat you that way. You know, I like the Rams pass rush at that point. No, I, I would say for me, like the biggest matchup, right? The biggest matchup for me is Dante Scarnesia, the offensive line coach, who is probably one of the wow name drop yeah. alert. Who is the best offensive line coach in all of football? <laughs> who is working with like it's not like these. I mean, if you look the the offensive linemen for the Patriots, they don't have anyone super super special on there, at least to my knowledge, from what I've seen. Like, Got rid of a uh, soldier, but they. They're so good, and to me, it's it comes down to Dante Scarnesia versus Wade Phillips and that defensive line. And if they are able to neutralize Aaron Donald at all and make life difficult for Dominican Sue, and then they're gonna, then the Patriots are gonna have some success, right? Whether that's running the ball, whether that's um, Tom Brady having time to pass the ball at all in any any circumstance. I just feel like that to me is it's cliche to say again the games are one of the trenches, but to me that's where the game is is ultimately going to be won. It is right. it's it's a, it's a corny saying, but it, I mean, and some people will argue that it's not the case because you have a guy like Belichick and McVay in the Super Bowl, the four coaches last two weekends ago arguably four of the best coaches in the league, but it's, you know, when the coaches even each other out, it comes down to, you know, the, the corny saying it's, it's not about X's and O's. It's about Jimmy's and Joe's. Right. <laughs> um, I just, the Super Bowl to me and what you just said, and I'll see to you that, yeah, that's a huge matchup. I just, the offensive line and why, you know, you're giving him so much props. That's one probably the unit where when they all work together, the whole is way better than the parts yeah, by sure. themselves. Yeah. Um, where you could have, you know, the most talented left tackle and if he just doesn't work well with or the scheme or the other four guys, the quarter like it's just not gonna work and they work. They have not seen Aaron Donald. That's a bad boy. That's the best defensive lineman in all football. Hundred percent. Big man. He's the best defensive player in football. Football. Yeah. Um, you're right. The stand corrected. And uh I they're the best team that they're the best team the Patriots have played all year. And I actually, you know, not to spoil alert, but like just the more I thought about it, we're talking about it. <laughs> I don't know if this is gonna be pretty for the Pats. They had a lot of cracks this season. They lost a lot of games by double digits. I don't know. Belichick obviously had Belichick had this. Belichick had two weeks, but so did McVay. Let and me, I just their roster's better top to bottom. If they make Goff look like a fool, then that's something else. I just I'm putting my trust in McVay that he's not going to let that happen. Do we do we think this is going to be a high scoring game? I'd be shocked if it wasn't. Yeah, it, but I think. I think part of that will be because the Pats are going to have to play catch-up. I think that Matt, if, if it's me, and again, I, I let Coach McVay do whatever the hell he wants, but I could see him, you know, what the Rams do a lot is they try to switch up the tempo of their offense even mid-game. So they'll start, you know, going in the huddle, and then their third drive, they'll just go no huddle, and they'll just constantly right. change it up to keep, you know, the, the defenses on their toes. 
if I were them, I think I would start fast and really fast and just keep the play calls coming and essentially don't try to let other player or other teams like Belichick try to out-scheme you by constantly making the right changes. Just line up. You have better players and just go at them, right? And that's that's what I kind of hope he does, especially if Gurley's not at 100%. Um, so I think the Rams do go pretty fast. I think that leads to more scoring. But the Patriots, conversely, probably going to try to slow it down, run the ball like they've been doing, even with that said. But last week against the Chiefs, there were, what, like 10 points scored in the first half, and they're ended with 60, something like that? Am I yeah. that right? Well, yeah, the, the last five minutes usually gets, gets – I mean, to me, I feel, like, I feel like the girly thing is more important than I think Yunez. I just – He's so good, and if he's not 100%, I just don't think Bill Belichick is going to let fatter version C.J. Anderson. He really isn't that old. Everyone's like he's old. I think he's like, I think he's, he's like 28, so he's not even that old. I feel like they're not going to let C.J. Anderson run all over them. Yeah, we got to tweet at him for that. He's going to hear this. <laughs> yeah. I just – maybe I'm wrong. I just – The only thing I'll say to Naz is going fast is you want to get a first down first. Like, hey, right. You, you got to get a first down, and then you can go fast because you. the last thing you want, if you're a Rams fan, is to happen what happened in the first half last year. Because uh, for, for me – Last week, right? You, you saw. They can be come back on. They definitely can. But if I'm the Rams, I want the lead. And if that means – I mean, yes, the tempo can dictate that, but – I just I don't want my offense sitting on the sideline for twenty plus minutes in the first half if I'm the LA Rams. So Naz, so, they yeah. can run the ball and pass the ball. That's fair. So Naz, yep. Let's say this: Rams win the coin toss. They take the ball first. How do you? So you, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I. So you know the the thought process is always, at least if you're the home team, right? You. you uh, you want to sure, take the ball, water, yeah. right? Yep. If it's me, I would take the ball first um, and essentially put the faith in our offense that get the ball, try to go down the field, get a score. Um, I don't want to just give them the ball immediately and then potentially let Brady go down and get a touchdown and then you're fighting from behind. Um, I, To be honest, I think it's a little, a little irrelevant in all seriousness, like which way you pick. Maybe that's a stupid thing to say. But no matter what, I, if it was me, I would take the ball. I would give the, our, our great offense a chance to go down and score first. But if McVay wants to go put it on defense and then try to, you know, let golf relax, let the game kind of start, all the nervous energy gets out as the other team's on the field, and then he comes out, you know, I think that's, that's fine too. What do you think? Um... I think you take the ball. Yeah, I was thinking about something else, and I lost it. Um, <laughs> I do think you take the ball. I think you want to set the tone, like you said. Um, Were you thinking about that girl in accounting? No, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do think you set the tone. I think you try and score. I was no, Here's what I was going with this. Is it's To me, the past two weeks, right, we've seen – the Patriots front seven, who doesn't have a lot of stars on no. it, right? They've been able to get pressure on Rivers. 
They were able to make, uh, I'm sorry, Goff. They were able to make Mahomes feel uncomfortable. They were able to kind of neutralize that offense in the first half, which is one of, I mean, outside of the Rams, Kansas City probably had the best offense in the league, if not better than the Rams. So to me, I'm interested to see how that front seven is able to, I think they'll be able to stop the run. I think they, I mean, I, I think the, I think that you got, I think the Rams will be able to, to make their place too. I just think it's going to be interesting to see if they can get pressure on golf. They're able to get pressure on golf. And like you said, make them uncomfortable. I mean, there's so many different ways this game can go. And I, 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 I for me, it kind of comes back to who's going to win in the trenches on both, on both sides of the ball for both teams. Because, I mean, Goff's talented enough. If you give him time, he's going to make plays. Right. Brady, obviously, we know that as well. It's just interesting that we've seen the last couple games with the Patriots, they've been able to get pressure on both the quarterbacks they played. So, I don't know. Well, what do you, well, as good as the Rams' offense don't is. Don't just say, I don't know. Who do, who do you got? Oh, picking. now we're picking. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go Patriots. I'm gonna go Patriots by uh, by at least seven. At least seven. Yeah, by a touchdown at least. Naz, what do you got? Oh yeah, I guess I'll go second. So, full disclosure, I've already put money on the Patriots to win as, as, you, you put as money. an emotional hedge. Uh, so it's an emotional I've got hedge. That bet. I love that uh, bet. Hundred percent. So many people do that. You have to do it. Like I just, I need something to cure to cure myself if the Rams lose to the Patriots again. Um, so I've got that. With that said, if I'm just strictly looking at this objection objectively, I'm I'm picking the Rams. I think that this is I've I joke with all my high school buddies that I've been saying for years that it was the Rams year that you know we'd constantly we'd get back and I've been saying this for about eight years now. So eventually, you're always right. Uh, I think they get it taken care of. I think the Rams do a much better job of stuffing the run against the Patriots, limiting how much they're able to hold on to the ball. And I think golf makes enough plays that the Rams win. I'm going to go 34 to 30. So obviously I won't be alone because last year on our pod, we had, we had four guys go and I was the only one to go against the Pats. And I'm actually I'm gonna go against them again. Uh, last year, though, I said it was, I believe it was whoever. I just it was gonna be very close down to the last minute. Whoever got the ball last, and uh, this time I actually like the Rams pretty handily. I think they might the Pats might make it close at the end, um, but I'm gonna say Rams 38 Pats. 28. That'd be uh, glorious. I'm going to give my score. I'll say um, Pats 41, Rams 30. Yeah, we got some. So we got some high scoring games coming. <laughs> 71 points. Well, I think if you look at, I mean, the average of the, the winning a- average winning score of the Super Bowl in the last 10 years is over 30 points. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, the over no. under for this game is 56 and a half. That seems low. Yeah, and I think I heard some stat like over maybe seventy percent. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But the majority of the times you want to bet the over because the over is one in the Super Bowl more yeah. often than not. I, I would probably tend to agree. So, 
Hang on, if, if we can, I, one other big question is, because this is the, the biggest yeah. question of every Super Bowl, which is going to be what color Gatorade is going to be dumped on the winning coach? Because I... I probably probably blue. It's got to oh, be really? blue for the Rams, blue. though. <laughs> okay. Okay, I didn't even... I don't like blue Gatorade, so I would... I mean, neither do I, but I feel like I see it. Like, I feel like it's a darker color. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, otherwise, to me, it. like... To me, it's yellow. Like that's like my go-to. Yeah, I think that's just tried and true every Even time. And yellow, it's definitely the OG. It is there's the OG. No doubt about that. There's, there's also. I mean, there's some other, there's some other flavors in there that are pretty tasty, but yellow is the OG. So, um, yeah, no, this. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch this one. Um, it's going to be – I mean, I think it's going to be a good game. So, I think we all think that's going to – I think we all hope – I mean, I think with the coaches, it would be a surprise if it wasn't a good game. Yeah, no, agree. I don't want to – There's some good – Yeah, Naz doesn't want a good game. Me and James probably want a good game. You want to blow out. You want a 42 nothing skunk for, no, no. in favor of the Rams. No, so. my best – I'll just leave with this. My best case scenario, literally best case, is um, they're taught – or the Rams are, like, down three. Goff leads them down. They get a touchdown. Like two minutes left, Brady gets the ball and gets a first down or two and then throws an interception to end the game. That is like the dream of all. I think you just described last year, no? Or was he, did he I fumble? Think he fumbled. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no. Um, anything else, boys? How, what's the Bucks over under wins for next year? <laughs> I do. You can. I have no idea where to go with that. I think Carson Palmer said something on NFL Network or something or other that they're going to uh, win nine games. I'll believe it when I see it, man. I really need to see Carson's that. Carson's doing TV now. I guess. I think it was just. A, I think it was just a quick spot. I think he just jumped on for a few minutes. Oh, no, he loves about Arians. Bruce. Yeah, I mean, everyone who likes Arians is saying it's going to be a quick turnaround. I mean, I don't know. I, I really. You could tell me they're going to win four games or they could win 10. I, I don't know. I think they have a pretty large variance. And division, I think they man. also have to. What's it's a rough up? division. It's a rough division. And I have no idea what, like, there's going to be some shakeups on the defensive side of the ball with McCoy and see who Bowles wants to bring in, who they're going to draft. They have, I think they have the pick, the pick in the draft. So they have decisions to make. And I think that uh, we have to see how the summer plays out before I start jumping to conclusions. So I get a better idea of what the roster is going to look like. So, um, Hey, good chat boys. This, uh, this one will be on SoundCloud. I'll put this on Twitter, Facebook, um, YouTube. I'm going to submit this. Or I'm going to submit the feed Pinterest. to iTunes. No Pinterest. Um, submit the feed to iTunes. So this will be my first, this will be our first podcast going on iTunes. Um, follow James at Jimmy T10. Follow Naz at Naz Attack. That's right. No right? C because I don't know how to spell. Awesome. Nice. 20-year-old Naz <laughs> made a sick, sick Twitter I'm name. Sure. So dope. Come on. <laughs> What's hey, up? I think I was 15. 20, I was hopefully a little more mature than that. Okay, my bad. Yeah, that's you must have been on Twitter early then. So I didn't get on until 2012. <laughs> 20. I'm in 21. I think I made mine. But all right. Anyways, um, follow us on Twitter. Check out the pod. Comment, like about what you think is going to happen. Anthony Davis, the Super Bowl. Um, you'll hear probably get a review from us either Sunday night or Monday. So look out for that. But uh, besides that, 
Take care. We'll talk to you soon.